Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Today's guest is Dr. Paul Glisson, and we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. But before we kick that part of our conversation off, I just want to have Dr. Glisson introduce himself. Tell us a little bit about his background. Thanks, Casey. Hey, I'm Paul Glisson. I'm the Chief Medical Officer currently for Baptist Healthcare in Pensacola, Florida. Had previous roles with Infirmary Health in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and then was previously a uh, Navy doc and spent some time in operational medicine for the U.S. Navy. So I'm an ER doctor by background. So that's sort of how I got here, but who knows where we're going, right? That's right. But thank you. (laughs) Thank you for setting aside some time for us today um, on this really important conversation. So I'll just have you kick it off here by simply defining emotional intelligence first and foremost. Well, for me, emotional intelligence uh, has to do with the people skills. And, and you have trained your whole life in medicine to be uh, connecting the dots between a diagnosis and a treatment plan and uh, the science behind that, being able to validate uh, evidence and make rational decisions based on that. Uh, emotional intelligence gets to the people connection and um being self-aware of your environment, self-aware of yourself, uh, self-aware of the people that you're dealing with and being able to listen and uh, make decisions based on your situation. So that's what it boils down to for me. And what sparked your interest in this field of emotional intelligence or, or this way of life of emotional intelligence? Well, Casey, what sparks all innovation and progress in human evolution is failure. Uh, and I've had some epic, epic failures uh, when I should have used emotional intelligence. And I went back and, and analyzed those and said, where did the wheels come off? And it wasn't that I had my facts wrong or that I had the presentation wrong or, or that I had a, a wrong plan. It's that I did not read uh, the situation that was going on. I did not really connect with the people that I was working with. And because of that, it, nothing else of the science mattered. It had to do with my connection and it was a, a failure. Failure. So uh, those failures push you forward and make you learn uh, where you want to do things better. I can definitely appreciate that. So how has emotional intelligence made a difference in your work as we'll start out when you were a physician, primarily as your role, and now within your leadership role at Baptist? Sure. Well, as, as a physician, again, I mentioned that we've spent all this time, years and years and years, working on making a diagnosis and connecting that to a treatment plan. And that's what it really boils down to. Uh, and that's the most important part of our education. When you look at it from a patient's point of view, their most important um, aspect of what their visit is going to be about is their connection with you. They have spent weeks probably waiting for that appointment if they're coming into the office or they've probably spent hours uh, trying to talk themselves out of going to the emergency department if they're there. Uh, But they've worked on coming up with a story and how they're going to present that to you. So, um, for instance, if you uh, recently saw a patient who had, um, you know, some sexual dysfunction and that was a big deal for him. 
uh, it was number one hard for him to talk about it. And I'm sure that he had role played that, like, how am I going to discuss this in front of a, a doctor? And what if he has a medical student with him? Or what if there's a nurse in the room with him? And how do I bring all these, these uh, sensitive subjects up in front of other people? Uh, how can I get the doctor alone by himself? And how can I have this conversation with him? And he's got some points that he wanted to get across. Um, and to you as the provider, you may be able to make that diagnosis within three or four seconds of starting the conversation. Uh, and if you cut them off and jump right to what the treatment plan is, number one, you miss the connection. And, and number two is you miss really an opportunity to connect and make a more meaningful difference in that patient's life. Um, so that's where it comes in as a physician for me. But what I realized is I, I started my um, career in the U.S. Navy is that um, leadership training really involves around most of the aspects of emotional intelligence. Uh, and being a good leader, you're going to have to have strong emotional intelligence skills uh, to move forward, or you're never going to make that connection with your team that you're trying to lead. So, um, And as I got into the private practice world, um, I took that education with me. And uh, I think it really made me stand out among my peers of that I listened more and was aware of what was going on, but maybe politically, if you want to put it that way, or emotionally in the department, or, um, and uh, what forces were in, in play there as far as uh, you know, the hierarchy of leadership. So uh, it really will make you stand out as a leader if you focus on emotional intelligence skills. That's great. And I just want to follow up with a question about your leadership training and your training in the Navy. Was there anything specific else from your naval training that you wanted to mention on today's podcast that has helped you in this area? Well, the Navy really teaches accountability. And so when you go through these issues where you're uh, in a difficult leadership situation and you fail, uh, they do a lot of, you know, these common cause analysis type uh, uh, events where in medicine, where you go back and you find out where the wheels came off. Uh, but if you fail as a leader in the Navy, they really put a lot of, they, they invest a lot into your success. So they want to go back that and see where you came, you know, the wheels came off. Um, and just about every time we went through that process there, we realized that it was an emotional intelligence issue or a connection about situational awareness or not listening enough to understand uh, the decisions that should be made. So um I think setting up that loop of uh, you know, failure analysis and then come back and, and making a different plan is what the Navy really excels. In your experience in today's healthcare environment, do you think there's a need for more emotional intelligence education and training for physicians? I'm certainly biased. I have a cognitive bias towards uh, emotional intelligence training. Uh, so if you ask me that question, which you just did, I would say that I would double down on emotional intelligence training and maybe triple it uh, and for physician education, all, all provider education, because again, making that connection to a person and your patients is what is the most important part of your practice. It doesn't really matter if you get every single diagnosis within five minutes. It doesn't matter if you make every single uh, treatment plan that is extremely you know, detailed and perfect because you know uh, the patients may or may not be compliant with it and they may or may not have trust in you depending on how you present that to them. So even having the best laid plans, the wheels will come off if you don't make a connection with your patients. 
So in your personal life now, I'm curious, has emotional intelligence made a difference in you as a dad, a, a husband, and a member of the community? I am usually the go-to person in my family when there is a, a heated uh, discussion or a debate. Uh, and when those things get uh, elevated to that level, uh, people stop listening. So I'm usually the one they come to and say, uh, you know, hear me out and uh, let, let's hear both sides of the story. And um, I always try to uh, make light of the situation and let them know uh, that um, if they just stop and listen to each other, they'll probably figure this out. And really, if you stay in a problem long enough, those things work, work themselves out. You just got to stay listening long enough till you hear. That's good to know. So as you take on greater and greater roles of responsibility as a leader, how have concepts such as self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management helped you along that journey? Well, uh, part of my responsibility as a chief medical officer is to deal with conflicts between different medical services. And even inside uh, our private groups, they've asked me to get involved in conflict management with them. And you realize that most of the conflict that we're dealing with has to do with a misunderstanding at the very basis, the very start of the conversation. And if you can roll those things back, you usually will find the, the common ground and the answers to move forward. Most physicians struggle with self-awareness. They have an ego uh, that has this, you know, over time has varied from what reality is there. So really focusing on self-awareness for them can help them move on to self-management and uh, usually get the wheels back on. In all of we've talked about today, I want to ask about how listening plays a role in just about everything we've discussed today. So how important in all of this is it to be a good listener? I'm sorry, Casey. What, what did you say? So how see important... see how see how annoying, oh, wow. annoying okay. that is? That was <laughs> a you. that was see? a misdirect right there. I was like, <laughs> do we have a bad connection? I don't know how much more clear I could have spelled that one out. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, see how annoying that can be though when you when you kind of put so much effort into making your point. And your question was very eloquently stated, but when you do that and and you realize that they're not really listening, it is the most annoying. Uh, uh, portion you can do. And it really sets the conversation and the relationship on, off on a bad foot. So uh, being a listener is the, is the very first start, you know, the very beginning of that relationship there. So if you get off on the wrong foot, it's hard to come back to that. Um, so uh, I always try to start with listening first. All right. Very well. You made your point there. I love it. Um, <laughs> before we you know, end today's interview, I just want to ask if you had any other final thoughts on uh, what we discussed today, emotional intelligence in general, be uh, before we wrap it up here. Well, I would just say um, it's always good if you're considering um, looking into emotional intelligence more as a tool in your leadership toolbox there to really go back and look at where you failed and look at some, because everyone's had some failures and look at those uh, issues that came up there and try to find out what the root cause was and see if you can tease those out to the science part of it or to the people skills and the emotional intelligence portion of it there. And I bet as you go back through that and self-reflect, I bet most of the issues you're having are probably dealing with listening, a self-awareness, um, self-management, and social awareness. So if you can manage our relationships, uh, I think the whole world will be a better place. 
Our guest today has been Paul Glisson. He is the chief medical officer with Baptist Healthcare in Pensacola, Florida. I want to thank him for his time today, and we really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Casey. Keep listening. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. With today's episode teaming with PRC, to learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.